Welcome to the Sports Plus Show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. I'm Joe. Out here in sunny, beautiful, I don't mean to rub it in, guys, but 65 and sunny today out here. Hey, we are here at Western Mass. We are... Setting a record. Almost, we're like 56. Yeah, almost 62. Wow. Okay, yeah. good. I thought you'd be mad at me, but I'm... No, I'm no, we're good. I, well, we too. got snow coming this weekend, though. Not snow, I don't think. No, not Freezing snow. Freezing rain, right? Uh, yeah, possibly. So it's 50 degrees, high of 52 today, high of 51 tomorrow. Then it's a high of 29. Then it's a high of 21. <laughs> Yeah, we're Crazy. getting we're getting back into the like low fifties next week, but it's supposed to be this nice again tomorrow. I think I'm going to the beach. Nice. nice. So you don't get you don't get cold weather there. We do. It's this is a, kind of a little bit unseasonable. Like usually it's around fifty right now. So for it to be you know sixty three, sixty four, and sunny, I spent two hours of my morning today in the backyard just sitting out there. It was. Nice. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, you take advantage because we'll get two of these days and then it'll be crummy again for the next month. But at least it's not going to be 29 and uh, raining sideways here. So anyway, let's um, we can we can rip through the Olympics quickly because I know Daryl always wants to talk about the Olympics. But no, I want to talk about um, uh, Sean White. So go ahead. Well, yeah. well the, the, the only thing I wanted to point out was that I heard yesterday that ratings are down. 50% and Daryl, you kept asking if we were going to watch and, you know, Matt, you said you were mostly going to watch for the kids and, you know, Daryl, you and I were like, yeah, we're, we're going to watch any of this crap. I, I'm gonna, like, I've, I've mellowed and I'm going to watch hockey. Maybe women's I've, and men's. I've yeah. turned it on a few times for five, 10 minutes at a time and watch whatever was on just to see it. But I'm not, I don't feel compelled to watch, like I said, the only the only particular sport I feel compelled to watch is the women's ice hockey. And yeah. that, that I can wait until I'll watch the U.S. and Canada when they play in the prelims, in the, and then I'll watch the medal round. You know, yeah, watch the, the well, round. you know, the men's hockey is really interesting, too, because because of the timing of the Olympics, um, there's no NHL players. And so it's all college players. And it's really interesting, you know. So it's not a, uh, it's not a sure – you know, thing that they're going to win or anything. Well, there shouldn't be any players. And the other thing, I don't know if you guys have seen the stories about like the horrible conditions that the athletes are like, the, you know, this, it's like fire festival stuff. I, I, that's what I actually want. So I, I wanted to talk about some of the conditions. I, I will say, I mean, we watched last, last uh, weekend, the first weekend of the Olympics, we had a snow day on Friday so we had the Olympics on on Friday. There was nothing really else going on over the weekend. A lot of background Olympics, but we we didn't really watch. We don't really watch a lot of TV with the boys during the week. And I did not feel compelled at night after the boys went down to sleep to really put it on. And um, I'm doing an Olympics unit in my phys ed classes oh, this cool. month. Good. Every every class is a different event. I talk about it. I highlight some of the athletes. And uh, it's, I'm surprised. Um, I have had a few kids say, oh, I watched the Olympics, but not that. And usually it, it, it does. I get kids to talk about it. Not, not a lot of people are watching it. I wonder if, you know, there's the China thing going on, but also a few months ago we had the Summer Olympics. Yeah, that's and, true. The, you know, the, the I, cycles are off a little bit. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, but- kind of like, yeah, we just went through this. But even the Summer Olympics, I was not into at all. 
and I usually always am. But you know what I think has happened is that um, TV has changed so dramatically with Roku. And, yeah. you, you know, it's like, so it used to be you had your three channels and PBS and that was it. And so, you know, you watch something maybe, and you know, you didn't, but now TV is this rich environment, you know, there's kids channels. So I think that people are watching a lot of TV. Yeah. But if anything, I feel like modern TV should make it easier to watch, especially this Olympics, because like Matt said, they're halfway across the world happening in the middle of the night. But I just set my DVR to record. And Daryl, you and I have the magical YouTube DVR that you can record right. unlimited everything. So I just right. hold it to record every Olympic event. And I have a DVR full of you know, hundreds of hours of stuff that I'll never watch. But I can just go go on there whenever I want, watch whatever sport I want. So I, I feel like if anything... The, the the digital TV is pretty well suited to this Olympics, but it doesn't seem to be helping any. Yeah. But, you know, who really cares about the Winter Olympics? I'm sorry. I mean, you know. Oh, the sports are cooler. I no, think that winter I, sports, yeah. like watching people which go downhill. Which one do you do? Joe, which one of the sports do you do that's on the Winter Olympics? I, I mean, I played hockey, but that's exactly it. The fact that they're doing things that, I mean, let's face it, half the Winter Olympic sports could kill you. You know, so like the fact that the ski, ski jumping, holy crap, those people are flying. They're literally flying through the air for, like that's, for hundreds of yards. I know. And yeah. that's no, why I'm like, with you, Joe. I mean, it's you've got the skeleton, the luge, the bobsled, even curling, right? It's not life threatening. <laughs> but here, the, the, the Winter Olympics do have a level of mystique. Like, what is this? You know, in <laughs> biathlon. So, I, like, I mean, I get the, you know, I get the tradition behind it, but that's a weird, those are two weird sports to put together. Like, yeah. I, and the the summer Olympics is just, okay, run. Okay. Run, jump. Okay. Yeah, run, but run, 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 jump, but jump, the greatest run, run. runners in the world, I, you know, and it's, you know, and the greatest and the, one time. And the skiers, you don't find the downhill skiing and the slalom exciting. I find the Winter Olympics very exciting. I just, and, and uh, you know, we'll see what I do this weekend. This weekend is going to be consumed a lot with the Super Bowl. So, I, you know, they're competing against that. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I do enjoy the Olympics. I like watching them. I'm not watching them every night like I typically normally would, I think. But, you know. So I haven't watched, I haven't watched a bit of Olympics, but Sean White's, um, sort of retirement speech yeah. I thought was really nice. I thought, you know, he finished fourth and he was just really generous about it. And, and just, you know, I thought he went out with a lot of class. Yeah. I respect Sean White. His story is pretty amazing, you know, coming from the skateboarding kind of background in that world and, and um, then converting over to the winter Olympics and, and him, this was his uh, farewell tour, retirement tour, whatever you call it. And just missed the podium, but, he did it with dignity. He did it with pride. He should hold yeah. his head high, high, high in the sky. Cause he, he, you know, he, he, I, there are certain athletes who embody what the Olympics truly are about. Um, and you know, he's, he's one of them in my eyes. Yeah. Just did the thing in my head where I guess, try to guess how old I think somebody is. And then I looked it up. How old do you think Sean White is? I think he's in the thirties. isn't he? Matt, Matt I'm knows. Gonna, I'm going to say 41. He's 35. 
Yeah, oh I wow, he he's was... younger than me. I see. I thought he was a little bit older. Than I me. thought. I thought he was forty because he's been around forever. Yeah. But he's look what he does. Forever. You wouldn't want to do that at thirty-five. What he's doing <laughs> that fly through the air and flip around fifteen times. No, but if, if you look at like Tony Hawk, he still does a lot of stupid stuff, and he's fifty-three. Yeah, so, I, I'm thirty-eight, and I can't get out of bed. Well, you look at, I mean, you look at NBA and NFL players, that's kind of when they hit the wall, 34, 35. Yeah, right. So I, that's I what they're finding this year is that s- several players like that are 37 are performing at a higher rate than 37 year old NBA players have ever. Well, and I know you guys will both want to spend some time piling on LeBron. So maybe now's the time to do that because he's, you know, past that age. So I think it's not surprising well, that he's on a decline, but before we, we could do that for in, in a minute. I, <laughs> I did hear a story about the Olympics that I just, I wanted to see if you guys heard about their, the um, food conditions there for the, athletes. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, and what uh, about it? What about well, it? The athletes are complaining that they're getting junk. Uh, garbage kind of food and, and media and not, en- and not enough of it not either. enough and and media um I, I don't know what you would call them like who have the media passes and everything like that they're eating wonderful so now of course the conspiracy out there of you know china poisoning is maybe the wrong word to use because not like poisoning but sort of through malnutrition China's trying to gain the advantage by giving athletes oh. poor food <laughs> from other countries. Yeah. <laughs> would you put it past them? Not at not. all. And Daryl, we'll, we'll, we'll send you a couple links. Wait till you see like the pictures of the stuff that the athletes have been made. to so eat. It's is it as bad as remember when the uh, NBA finals were there and then the WNBA in the bubble and showed you there, quote unquote weight room is it like that kind of well i don't know if you saw the same thing the wnba players were sharing some of their meals and it was like you know a loaf of wonder bread and a pack of oscar meyer bologna this was probably i would say maybe even a half step worse like there didn't even seem to be any meat or anything like that it was all just sort of like like matt said it was all garbage food and there really wasn't. What the, about the Chinese athletes? Are they eating the same? Oh, junk? I'm sure they're eating. They're in. You in, don't know though. I mean, maybe they're doing this, but no, it does. It's crazy. That's incredible. Well, the the Chinese athletes aren't being fed. Aren't living. In, they're probably not living in the same quarters as the international True. Olympians, especially True. with this. Apparently, like the Olympic Village, it's usually a a place where they all can mix together. Every Everyone's isolated. That's the other complaint they had is that there's really no, you know, they have no contact with the outside. They can't even get their own food, that sort of thing. So that's, that's it all. It's all not very unexpected. Well, when you consider where they're holding these Olympics. Um, so before we move on though, can I just mention one other thing? Do you guys, are you guys up on the gazpacho police? The nope. what? The gazpacho police. We're referring to the cold tomato soup, correct? So there's this. Uh, not a big fan of. Not a big fan of cold tomato soup wait, products wait, 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 of any kind. So there's this um, V8 legislature legislator called Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh yeah, we know her. And so she was complaining about the gazpacho police, trying to say the Gestapo police. But she said gazpacho yeah. police and didn't correct it. <laughs> Our leaders, ladies and gentlemen. 
and I I don't like that term leaders for a lot of uh, our government officials. It's but a whole lot of people are going to vote for yeah. in November. So anyway, uh, on um, to let let's do the NBA real quick because I don't have much to say. Well, I, well, yeah, I got well, a lot to say. And I have a lot to say about the no, NBA because no. I know I know Daryl, you're probably as annoyed as I am about what your team did as I am. No, about what no, my... no, no, no. Well, I'm happy. So you don't think they gave away too much for Derek White? Okay, mm-hmm. we'll get to this in a minute. Go ahead, Matt. I just in my and I'll let you guys take the the bulk of this conversation. You guys are the NBA experts here. But uh, first of all, those of you who listen to the show know that Joe and I were on the same side of the Lakers. I'm jumping on to Daryl. They are old. I hate I, I LeBron James. It's hard to knock him for his play on the court. He's I don't think his play has gone down this year. I think he's he's playing always at a super high level. And, and, but what he did to the roster, man, he, if he wanted an opportunity to be a GM when he retires or to be in front office, he blew it with this one. I mean, he's going to have a hard time explaining to an owner why he should be a GM after what he did to, to this, he he put together a 2015 All Star team, but it's 2022. Well, and, uh, I, I think it's probably not going to matter because I think he's probably going to be an owner. He's going to be a part of an ownership group. So if maybe, he's going to run a team, it's going to be the well, Michael. But Jordan. it matters this year for the Lakers. But they're it, well, they're in it a matters, mess. Well, it matters. They're in a the mess. Future. They're a mess now, but there's 20 something games left in the season. And then, then the playoffs start. So I, I agree. I agree. They look, they look bad. The roster is not right now. They're out of the playoffs, not set up for the future. I agree, but you got to give them the rest of the regular season to write this stuff before the playoffs start. And I'm still regardless of, okay, of what okay, they look like, re- regardless of what they look like over the rest of the regular season, they're still a threat in the playoffs. Joe, so there was a lot of trades, including your precious Portland. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. yeah. Um, and did you notice that the Lakers made no trades? They have nothing. So, I mean, Matt's point about the um, what uh, LeBron has done to the roster really is the thing. that L.A. needed to make a trade. They're below 500. They needed to make a trade. They had nothing to trade. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, they had nothing anybody really wanted except they maybe could have got John Wall for Westbrook. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, and the Knicks too were in the same situation, struggling under five hundred. Situation, yeah. Didn't get didn't get anything done, and that's the funny thing. We went through this. So I'm doing a Blazers podcast now. So Andy and I went over this for an hour and a half yesterday. That the Blazers had to give something up. They couldn't. They couldn't run back the same team. They couldn't wouldn't couldn't afford to pay all these guys. Right. So they had to make these deals that sort of diminished. You know, when you look at the roster before and the roster after, yeah, they're less talented. Yeah, they didn't get full value for these some of these assets that they traded. But the point was they couldn't afford to pay those assets. So if they traded them for assets of equal value, they just would have been in the same situation in July. So they had to fragment things and picked up a couple of picks. And, you know, I think they did okay. They picked up one really good, young, promising player, and they made a whole bunch of cap room next year so they can re-sign Simons. But 
there were a lot of teams that didn't get anything done. Boston's not one of them, so you're you're kind of fortunate. But like Phoenix didn't make a move. Utah Utah made Phoenix doesn't really have to. Everybody who's Phoenix in contention. Phoenix is the first team to win 45 games this year. They're good. But every team that's in contention should be making should be at least thinking about making a move. Let me ask you guys a question, and and I'll I'll ask it, and then I'll hear your answer. In baseball, I understand why you you make a move at the trade deadline. There's less of a sense of um, chemistry, right? You're up to bat, you're batting. You're playing in the field, you're playing the field. In basketball, because I I was thinking that too, Joe, but then I'm like, well – why do they need to make a move and disrupt any chemistry that they have? I realize you could always, you could always bring somebody better and you could have that uh, approach, but Phoenix, they're cooking. Why would you disrupt guys coming off the bench? If you're Phoenix, you're not looking to bring in Russell West, Russell. I can never say the guy's name, Westbrook, Russell yeah. Westbrook. You're yeah. not trying to bring him and you're trying to bring in Robert Covington or maybe like the Clippers did. They brought in Norman Powell without really getting, you know, they gave up Keon Johnson. You can give up a younger player. That's not part of your rotation. The Warriors, there was lots of talk about the Warriors giving up Wiseman or Jonathan Moody or one of their young players who just haven't cracked the lineup yet. So there's always moves you can make that don't necessarily disrupt the, your core chemistry, but still help your team and bring you some depth. And I think that's what the Celtics did, right, Daryl? Like this deal, I think they gave up a lot. I, I don't know that that he brings much more than Josh Richardson, who he sent, sent away with, along with, you know, a couple of picks, including a first rounder this year. So no, like who, who, who did they give up too much? They well, gave think- up a ton of players. I think you give up Josh Richardson, you're not getting up the player you're getting back. Derek White's not much different or much better. Oh, and no, no, up, no, 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 no. I mean, okay. he's, he's no. a little younger. No, hold on a second. So um, Josh Richardson got sort of reborn on the Celtics, but like Schroeder, they only had him. They, they only had him for a little while. So Getting rid, getting Schroeder, getting rid of all the players that they d- got rid of, put them under the luxury tax, and um, these players were mistakes from Ainge's time. So they're off the ro- roster right now. You, Celtics have a game tonight. As of this morning, they only had eight players on their roster. Yeah, the Blazers played a couple with nine. It was very entertaining. But they gave, also gave up Romeo Langford, who's, I mean. Who's a bust. Who's a bust. I know he's because been I good watched. this year. What, he's I, a bust. He's oh, a bust. Darryl, and so, I'm, yeah. I'm so going to read some stats to you, Daryl, but you, you go ahead, carry on. No, okay. So he's a bust in that he's been very, very disappointing. Um, he's having a good year. It's his third year. He has not made improvements. Everyone's not LeBron James. He has made improvements. Okay. But so they had to give up somebody. So they gave up Langford. I don't have a problem with that. Um, and a lot of the other people they gave up who even heard of them, Fernando, Bruno Fernandes, all these players, Tice was part of a really successful <laughs> Celtics team and he's back. But he's and overpaid, though. He's his contract. No, 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 no. It's a no. It's it's a small contract by NBA standards. Very it's, small. It's close to twenty million dollars for the next three years. That's not small. I'll take three that years. That's totally small. When Harden gets forty-five million a year, that's a James small Harden. 
Oh, hold the settle, settle down. Oh, wait, keep wait, your wait, pants wait. on for a second. Eighteen but, million dollars is significant. The cap's one hundred nineteen million dollars. You can't pay everybody eighteen million dollars. Uh, yeah. Okay. But but they they got under the luxury tax, which was a big deal. They moved a lot of bodies out that were not going anywhere. Langford, I don't think is going to be a star in the league. Maybe he will be. But now, Neesmith and Pritchard have a chance to see if they can play. Um, you know, and Tice was a very successful um, center for them. The big deal about White, I think White is signed for four years for not huge money. And he's yeah, a great he's still on his he's still on his rookie contract, and he is right. He's a great defender, but he's my a problem great is defender. Down. And so right now, the Celtics are making their reputation on defense. They are leading the league in defense at least over the last like sixteen games. Right. So why do you have to add another guy whose biggest biggest plus is his defense? You've been talking for two months how they need shooting. They didn't add any shooting. They so this is this is where they're going to give. Um, uh, Pritchard and Neesmith the chance to see if they can be shooters. <laughs> they could have had C.J. McCollum, and they didn't. They would say right. they no, got I mean, Derek White. Right. All right, right. I'm going to throw the towel in here on Celtics talk because I need to get into James Harden here. All right, well, I, I'll okay. I I can go save ahead, the Blazers. If anyone wants to hear me complain about the Blazers, just go to just uh, Google the Trail Babblers. That's our Trail Blazers well, podcast. Do you want to mention it quick? Because I mean, the, the no, Blazers go ahead. We can, did. No, God, I know, I know. You and I have to yell at each other about this for the next half you, hour. Okay. So let's go. Oh, uh, but honestly, honestly, I'm not going to yell because so. I probably James will. <laughs> just, just, just a warning. James Harden forced his way out of another team to go to a, a leading contender, and uh, I am done. I, 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 I'm kind of over James Harden. I really hope that he fails. I really <laughs> hope that the 76ers, who I kind of like, I love Joel Embiid. I don't want them to win. I don't want them to be successful. I, this is, to me, this is just so not what I, and and it, look, it's not all about me, but this is, it's just, to me, it's so mentally weak. It's so, I don't, I, I'm, I'm over it. James Harden, I hope you do not win. I will not root ever for you. This, Matt, I, I, this, I, this, this, like, I can, this is like the most evil thing that you've ever spoken in directly to another human being. I feel I like I don't, I, I don't wish ill on him. I'm, I don't wish for him to get hurt. I hope he plays in every game. I just <laughs> hope they lose. And you hope he shoots 11% in all of those games. And that's yes. it. Right. I, I just, because to me, this is what he did to get out of. All right, let, let's do this. Let me do this, right? Let's go back. Oh, and here we go. Here at, comes the. I knew we weren't going to get long before a false equivalency. Good. All right, no, what's no, no, this no. going to be? I'm, there, there's nothing here, right? So say, let, presume, pretend he's a potato. No, sorry. Let, let's talk about what he's done in his career. He was the sixth man in Oklahoma City. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because here's my big here's my big problem with all the James Harden talk. He has a reputation of being the guy that does this every 11 minutes, right? That he's begged out of all these places. Well, he has the last well, three no. teams. No, how, do you know how many teams he's played for? Three. Four. Well, four, now four. Yeah. Right. So 
He played for Oklahoma and City. He, for, how many teams does he quit on? Zero, in my opinion. Three. Three of them. Well, zero. Well, okay, oh, hold so, on. So he played for Oklahoma City for three years, who would not put him in the starting lineup. And we're not going to pay him starting starting money. Mm-hmm. So, so he so it. Anybody who has a problem with him leaving, and I, I don't. Okay, I don't. So, I actually that that I'll give him credit because so he's the sixth man in Oklahoma City. He left because he wanted to be the man and be paid like the man. So again, like no, I, I mean that's again you're making it sound like he's a he's a you know that is all coming from ego. He was not going to be able to make the money that he was worth staying in Houston, being kept in the or staying in Oklahoma City, being kept out of the starting lineup. And obviously, based on his talent and his accomplishments, he shouldn't have been on the bench. He should have been. He's the guy's been one of the top eight players in the league for the last 12 years. But we also so we could talk about this for a minute. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's an insult. It's not like you're. It, I, I I agree with you, Joe, and I'm okay with why he left Oklahoma City. But it, I, it's not an insult to be like you're the sixth man. He won sixth man of the year award, and he was you. You didn't want to play Westbrook and Harden at the same time. They're the same type of player. So I yeah. thought from an Oklahoma City standpoint, it made sense to bring him off the bench. You weren't missing much when Westbrook went out. But I get why he left. I, I don't keep, fault keep, him for that. Keep, keeping a player of his talent on the bench unnaturally costs him millions of dollars a year. Right, right. And, yeah, and, and starting, so he left, and so and, I'm okay with that. And starting, okay, so, know, that, the, so the, that gets the, him out the, of Houston. But what the, about this last one? You will, let's, well, no, that only gets him out of Oklahoma City. We, and, and, and then, and then so he went to Houston, Houston. And then how long would, do you think he was in Houston? A year? I don't know, three, four years? Nine seasons. Okay, all right. So and don't tell me he quit on the team after nine seasons. No, but but because so they were the terrible when he asked to get out, to get out of there. When he when they that's my thing. They were terrible when he asked. He had he left Oklahoma City a good team, and I understand why. But he was on a team that could have made. They were in the they were in the championship. They yeah. were the Western Conference champion. They could have been. Five years in a row could have been running that in the Western Conference. He chose not to. I get why. Yeah, but that wasn't now his fault. That team, hold on, hold on. That team was terrible. It was horribly dismantled. It had nothing to do with James Harden. That team was going to split up anyway because Durant and Westbrook okay. couldn't play together. They right, were not right. going to stay together beyond that season anyway. Well, they stayed together for another year or two, I think, right? Anyway, I think I think, it all, I think I, it all fell apart at the same time. If if not, it was like trade deadline yeah. end of the season. It yeah, was within yeah. a couple months of each other. Yeah. Um. So he goes to Houston. He's the man. He he gets Houston brings in talent around him. They had a, a Dwight Howard in his prime ish. You know, uh, they I off the top of my head, Chris Paul. Right. They he they were good in Houston for they a, definitely, a little while. They definitely pursued a championship while he was right. there. Right, and he was, and he was the man. But I will say they, they may have the effort may have been sincere, but the execution wasn't great. It what the they made a couple of crappy deals. They brought on right. a lot of extra heavy contracts that and weren't good down the road. So I think they were going nowhere. You could say they were they were trying, but I think you can also say like you like to criticize the organizations when they fail. I think you can definitely point to Daryl Morey's you know, less than stellar job as a GM there. And his, his, that's part of it is his eagerness to go after the big, the big name, the big guy. 
Right. And so I and, and I, I, I get all that. But so now, given the fact that he was in there and that we maybe we should have done this research prior to, to having this conversation, I'm assuming he didn't just have one contract in Houston. He continued no. to he he extended maybe a few times with in nine years. I think he, he signed two extensions in nine years. Yeah. So, okay. so again, him so, committing again, him recommitting to the team long term. Right. And then and then when he's like, oh, wow, they stink now. And again, we talked about this last year. I don't like how he was just like, yeah, I'm not going there. I'm going to to strip clubs. I'm going to get covid. I don't want to play in Houston. Get me out. Right. And so he finds his way into Brooklyn. And now here again in Brooklyn. And you can say what you want if if it's just, hey, I want to be traded. James Harden is a great talent. Why is he four points in 37 minutes? Why is he refusing to go in the game? I struggle with that too. Like all there's so many levels here where I'm James Harden. I'm done. You, 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 it's not, it, it's just, he's so selfish, self-centered four minutes and or, or, um, four points in 37 minutes is hurting your, the team that you play for. And now it's just like, nah, get me out of here. Go send me to the number one team in the East. You're a joke. Like I, I just yeah, but he. So the thing is, he did get what he wanted, and also, Joe, I have to say, Daryl Morey did okay in this trade deadline. I mean, I, I always say that you know, in a big, big NBA trade, the team that wins is the team that got the best player, and Harden's the best player. And it's funny because Morey, I think, I think is part of, and we're starting to see this now, which I you know didn't sort of strike me until this deal, but he left. Houston after Maury left Houston and I, I I'm looking back I'm wondering if that if his comfort with Maury had something to do with number one him wanting to go to Houston in the first place him wanting to leave Houston at the time with the timing that he left which was a few months later or at least when he made his his declaration that he wanted to leave and now his desire to go specifically to Philadelphia this wasn't like he said I want out of here he said Get me to Philadelphia, and the, and so, again, I know you hate it, but the, I th I I think there's a chance that, and I don't understand what loyalty he would have to Daryl Morey, but there's an affinity there. There's it's like players will go will follow a certain coach around. You see that saw that with Pat Riley a little bit. A couple of players followed him from team to team. I see that same thing happening here that Harden's following Daryl Morey. He must believe in his ability to build a team. I don't get that because he was there for nine years or eight years with him in Houston and couldn't get a championship. But I think Daryl, I agree, man. Philly made out on this deal. I don't know what, but, wait a minute, but wait a minute, but Philly made out, but who, they didn't. The, the, right. The player that holds on to the ball longest of any NBA player is Harden. And so the uh, probably the second or third would be Embiid. So I'm not sure yes. how those two are going to um, – there's only 24 seconds to shoot. I don't – I'm not – And those two are going to have the ball for 19 seconds of every possession, and you know what? Every, They're going to score more points than any team in the league. <laughs> I, I don't those know. two are going to be un, literally unstoppable on the pick and roll. I I I I do agree. I think they could be really good on the pick and roll. I mean, and I've only the last day and a half I've listened to a few uh, NBA analysts, so I'm I'm just regurgitating what I've heard. Right. And and it makes sense. You didn't be listen really to my good show, did you? Huh? 
didn't listen to my show, did Come you? Come on, Joe. Come well, on. No, because um, he didn't. He well, uh, in all fairness, he didn't know it existed until like twenty minutes ago. So, um, but but how can the Seventy Sixers, Morey, Daryl Morey, went from demanding two first round picks <laughs> plus for Ben Simmons, and now he ends up giving away first round picks. So he, I know he and, got and, yeah, but wait a minute. But Morey wait, 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 did wait, really well because he got hardened. Okay, who's going to quit on him in a year? Because that's what he does. <laughs> well, and but so, it, might, it might bring him a title. That's, it that's might, the, but, but again, right. like this is a guy who's an unproven winner. He hasn't been able to win. And and you're not going to tell me. But like, let's let's back off a little bit from the one player should be able to win a championship by themselves. There have been two players in the history of the NBA who've been able to do that, and one of them still playing, fortunately, but it's probably on his way out. And the other guy is, you know, been retired for 20 years. So that's such a rare thing. Yes, I don't even is. think Daryl, you're going to want to put Bill Bill Russell in that category too. But he had way too many great players around him. I think. Yeah, I'm, he with did. You. I'm not. I'm not faulting. If you're going to say that James Harden isn't Michael Jordan or LeBron James, you know what? Neither any of the three no, no, of no. us. I, and I get that. And I'm not. I'm, I'm not putting it all on James Harden that he's never won a championship. But I just don't see. I mean, from a psychological standpoint, I don't think he has the mental toughness to go win a champion. I just don't because he at, at any when things get tough. He pieces out. He's gone. Uh, interesting. You should mention mental toughness and players piecing out in tough situations because that's the problem with Ben Simmons. And I don't know if I trade for him, Fair. he could be a complete washout. I don't know. In the regular think... season in the playoffs. And now you have, let's face it, guys, the Nets now have perhaps the three most emotionally fragile players yep. in the history of the NBA <laughs> as their three best players. That's going to be a poop show, a poop I show. Know, yeah. And I'm going to be there for every minute of it. I can't wait. No, they're the Nets. The Nets did very well. The Nets did very well. And the, the Nets, thing is the Nets have a, the Nets better have nine team psychologists on hand. <laughs> but wait a minute. But the thing about Moray that you have to give him credit for is that nobody thought, you'd get a player of Harden's ability f for Simmons. They just didn't. They thought Simmons was just a liability that wasn't going to get anything. So get to get Harden for Simmons is a really big deal. I wonder if there was tampering involved here. And, and uh, I know, I, I, look, I'm not. I, uh, well, on whose, on whose part? Yeah, but don't go there unless you have some evidence. Well, that, well no, 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 I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, none of us have evidence for anything we say. I feel, I feel comfortable saying it's not like we have a, a massive, huge audience, you know, and, and I have zero evidence in this, but I'm just one because you're right, Daryl. It would have never been thought of to get a player of James Harden caliber for a Ben Simmons, that kind of package. And now all of a sudden, like, and who would have thought with James Harden and KD and uh, you know, here and there, Kyrie Irving. Who knows? As, <laughs> as things, as as we know, though, in all fairness, right, right, like mandates are, are slowly being lifted. Who knows what the state of New York? Because this this is not an NBA thing with Kyrie. It's the state right. of New York. Right, right. So who knows? The state of New York next week can say, "Hey, no more vaccination mandate." And now Kyrie I doubt that they do that. So all I I'm saying is, is well, they're about is, to lift. They're about to lift the one in Portland. It is interesting. The mask, or mask mandate, right? Mask, but see, the mask is different than the vaccine. But but to get back to the point, it, it's just interesting that this 
this scenario would not have been in anybody's wildest dreams because, A, who, who's going to go – who's going to tr trade for Ben Simmons and give away their, their best player – and why would James Harden want to leave Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? That I mean, well, that's that's the easy part. I think Kyrie drove him nuts with his selfishness. You want to talk about a selfish player? That's right. the selfish player, the guy who won't get yep. a shot so he can play in every game with his team. That's we the guy. Who, that's the guy who quit on his team, not the guy who went, went out the there Celtics, and played every day. Quit on game. the Celtics. Sorry, Daryl. Who quit? He on quit the on the Celtics. Oh God! Here we go again. He did. I, I, we disagree on that. I mean, I I, under, I understand. I just I don't think somebody should be for whatever reason they have to not get a vaccine or put something in their body. That's their choice. I so you know I don't you think know, that's necessarily a selfish thing. But that's, it's their you, body. You don't agree that he's hurting his team by not playing half the games. I agree that his, their team is better with him, and with him not playing, their team is not better. I agree. Wow, with good man, you should be a lawyer, Matt. You I are know, good at I the know. semantic runaround. No, I'll I mean, agree to everything but what you're saying. Right. <laughs> I'll agree yeah. to the fourth, the four things around it, but I won't give you this right in the no, middle. No, because I, he's hurting his team. He's hurting his team big time. But again, it. it that, I, but I respect the fact that you he think has he should be allowed to, to, where James Harden shouldn't, trying to have freedom of employment and trying to have a, a secure situation, and do. And here's again, it kind of goes back to mental health. Like James Harden, in all these turns, is doing what's best for his own career and his own mental well-being. I'm not sure that Ben Simmons is ready to play in NBA games right now, and when he goes out on the court. If he mentally goes to pieces, no one's going to say, give the guy a break, let him let him get a rest, let him take a leave. People are going to criticize him for being soft and use a bunch of less kind words than that. So you he's going to be I'm, playing within two weeks and he's going to have a really good year. I hope he does. I really hope he does. I hope he rebounds. And I, mm -hmm. I hope the Nets do. I, I want to see him, man, him and Durant are going to be, be like, that can the be, two, or, two, yeah. be like the two best defensive players, mm -hmm. you know, to play together in the last 20 years. So I'm, and I'm thrilled. I love that. You know, they made this deal with between two division rivals. Yeah, I mean, this, they're, they're going to yeah. be fighting each other for playoff seating and could be a second round, a second round playoff matchup if, you know, things sort of shake out the way they should. If let me, so I'll, I'll ask and then I'll let, I'll let you guys listen. If Philly plays Brooklyn in a playoff series and let's let's go on the assumption and Bede is at his is playing fine. James Harden is playing fine. Kevin Durant is playing fine. Everybody's ben Simmons, healthy. Ben Simmons has a role, fulfilled it, playing fine. And let's even throw this in there. Kyrie can play. Who wins that series? Well, the Nets have lost like 12 out of their last 13 games. But you, but, but you also had a James Harden who was refusing to play. Well, and, and was giving you four uh, minutes. He was injured. More. He was injured. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Well, the injured so, is a so injured is a creative thing sometimes in the NBA. But yeah. yes. But let's just say James Harden is now all of a sudden he he drinks the Philly water and he's healed with all his injuries. He can shoot again. Uh, so James Harden and Embiid are playing at a high level, and then you've got KD, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving playing at a high level. Who wins that series? So my, I can give you a quickish answer. I think if everyone's clicking 
if everyone's clicking, right, everybody's there, everyone's yeah. complete, everyone's playing well. I think it's a it's a literally a neck and neck series. Yes. But I think I think what's more likely to happen is that the Nets will be diminished by either a player collapsing mentally or something stupid happening or Kyrie not getting vaccinated or or an injury. You know, it, it, Durant Simmons. Kyrie, they're all pretty susceptible to injury. I think so is Embiid, but mm-hmm. you know, if Embiid goes down, the Sixers are done anyway. So I think, I, I think I'm gonna give the advantage to Philly. Same here. Really? Yeah. I mean, they have, they have, they have. It's hard to to say where Durant slots between I just, Harden and Simmons, but those are three of the top six players in the league. I haven't seen Durant play much this year, so I'm going solely on what I saw him do in the playoffs last year. Which I'm was not spectacular. I'm not betting against Durant. Yeah, no, he's been, Durant, he's been he's been Durantish, but man, here's another one. Uh, how old do you guys think Kevin Durant is? Twenty nine. No. Real what? Twenty nine. He was he played at Texas. I was a senior in high school. Okay. Um, see, Matt's got reference, so he's gonna know this one. Yeah. I'm so I'm gonna say he's probably thirty eight ish. No, no, God, no. He's thirty three. Wait, what? Yeah, he's he thirty three. He was in college. He played. I thought he played at Texas when I was in high school. Oh no, that was Carmelo Anthony. My bad. No, Carmelo Anthony went to Syracuse. He went to Syracuse. Yeah, that was that. He won it my senior year. Carmelo Anthony, as a freshman, won it. I got him and Durant confused. All right, Durant, okay. Durant was at Texas in 2006, 2007. Yeah, yeah. He was the first pick in the 2007 draft, the Greg Oden draft. He it was the Seattle SuperSonics, right? Yep. And he yeah. did. Didn't Kevin Durant go third that year? It went Oden. No, no, he went first, and then. And then, oh no, he went second. Odin went first to Portland, and Durant went second to Seattle. Who was the um, who was the the white European guy who ended? Uh, Darko Milicic yes. went to Detroit. Oh, maybe that was Carmelo Anthony too. Then yeah, was yeah, that that was, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, and he, and Darko Milicic year. Milicic went second in the two thousand three draft. Who went third? Uh, that was the Carmelo year. That was that Carmelo, was that, I think, went third. Yeah. So who went first then that year? Uh, oh no, that was LeBron. LeBron went first. LeBron. Mil- oh my goodness, how could so, I forget that? So LeBron first, Darko Milicic second, Carmelo Anthony third, Chris Bosh fourth, Dwayne Wade fifth. Crazy. So yeah, could have had any of those four, and you know, there's some good players further down the road, but it definitely fell off very quickly after Wade and and Darko was regarded. Daryl, you remember this? Like people thought he was going to be good, but yes. Yeah. Well, and and didn't that was also Detroit got that second pick in a trade because that would I believe Detroit that was they had Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. They were coming to Rip Hamilton. They were coming off their championships. With Darko, I believe. I think they got him in a trade, like that draft pick in a trade. Boris Diaw, Kendrick Perkins, a lot of good sort of Luke Walton, a lot of, you know, multi-year, 9, 10, 12-year. Zaza Pachulia, Willie Green, a lot of 10-plus-year veterans in that second round. Mo Williams, James Jones, Kyle Korver. 
17 oh, yeah. years. Kyle Korver, 17 years in the league. Yeah. You know who's doing really well uh, is Kuzma. Yeah, ask LeBron about that one. Oh, God. All right. No, I don't Again, want to get on LeBron too much. But, uh, no, all right, you want so to continue Harden, hammering on James Harden, you, right? Yeah, sorry. James Harden, we're done. I, I am so over it. My, so my question for you, Matt. Yeah. So they win a championship. Will you lay the hell off James Harden finally? <laughs> no. No. And, and, and look, I, 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 no. And I, it, it's as unfair as Will you I at least am. Say, stop saying he never won a championship? I, I'd have to. Because well, I'm yeah, not, would have, have to because he did, yeah. but you know. I'm not gonna. I if it, I, I, this is unfair, fine. If if the Sixers win a championship this year, James Harden has his championship ring. I will give all the credit to Embiid. I <laughs> <laughs> there's your way around it. There you go with the matting again. That's beautiful. I, I will give all the credit to Embiid and 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 but and here's the thing too. And this is this again. This is just. It's, it's you unfair. Guys that I just made up a verb for what he's doing here. It, <laughs> it's unfair, but if for Philly to win a championship, would we all agree that James Harden is going to have to play at at that level? He's going to have to. He'll play have at to be level. at his best or close to right. it. Yeah, sure. And, yeah. So then, will you give him credit? Nope, no, probably not. Again, <laughs> no, because let me because he clearly didn't do that with Brooklyn, and I just I don't like that. How would it, what because he? Oh, because uh, I want out. So I, I get I get that that, that you like are that. a man of such self control that when you are disturbed emotionally to your core, it doesn't affect your performance. It doesn't but, affect anyone in the world so, around you. I'm sure your wife never no, notices you know when what? you're upset. No, but you know what? Don't play a team sport then. You know. <laughs> oh God. You, you, but you, you know what, Matt? I find very amusing is that. You had said at the beginning of this discussion that you were going to leave the uh, NBA discussion to Matt. I know. Joe and I, we haven't got a word in edgewise. <laughs> like, well, I it, think because this has been a humanist discussion, so he's perfectly yeah. qualified for that. But <laughs> Probably more so than you and I. Joe, can I put in a, uh, another plug for what Stevens did th this time with with the uh, Celtics? Is their team is young and it has room to maneuver. So, and this Derek White is a really good player. Well, so, and, and you're right. Richardson was going to be gone this year. His his deal was expiring. Schroeder was going to be gone. Well, but that's why Richardson. I man, I would have liked to have have had him on the Blazers. Because I think they, they could have used his defense and they would have been able to bring him back because they cleared $50 million in cap room for next year. Wow. So good. And I think the Celtics, too, they may not have. I, I agree. They, they had to get under the cap for this year because otherwise they would have paid the repeater tax right. next year. But they didn't necessarily set themselves up any better cap wise. I don't think for next year, I think they say well, no, they're 10 two or 12 and a half million. million under Joe. They're two and a half million under, but what they did do is they got rid of a lot of mistakes of age. Ainge, I thought was going to be a great GM. I thought he had all these getting all these draft picks. Then he just didn't draft well. And, um, you know, and so he's Stevens really opened up the roster. So what he did was really positive by uh, subtraction. Well, and that's like to getting rid of Schroeder, who was kind of a bad fit for that team. Right. I agree. Same thing with Covington. He's going to go to L.A. and play great, I'm sure, but he wasn't going to do that in Portland, so they had to let him go. I'm surprised Portland hung on to Nurkic. He had a $13 million or $12 million expiring deal. A lot of, a lot of teams would have wanted him. 
but I think with if I feel like they made an extra move or two to be able to bring him back next year and he's still on the team, they're not going to buy him out. So I, I get the feeling they'll come up with an injury for him, though, because they're trying to they're trying to lose games. They're trying to yeah. get into the top three and get Paolo Benchero, I guess, would be the pick for them. Probably. He's the, really good. Well, the, the draft is is top three heavy, and there's three. You know, we just talked about this 2003 draft. It's kind of similar. Those were the clear top five, and then it fell off. This year, there's only three, and then it falls off very steeply. So they've got their own lottery pick, presumably, and then they've got the Pelicans pick if it falls between five and 14, which is if New Orleans makes the play-in and then loses in the play-in round. If they anything of that or worse, as long as they're not in the top four, the Blazers will get their pick too. So they could conceivably have you know the third and the tenth pick in this draft, which I feel pretty good going. Sounds forward. like the Giants in the NFL draft. Uh, we we skipping, please. Can we skip? <laughs> well, do we? We got what eight minutes left. We Super Bowl. Do we, are we watching? Yeah, let's oh. watch Super Bowl. Okay, since Daryl, I know you're gonna want to. You're gonna want a prediction, so we can we can start there. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. You go ahead. You first. So I, um, you know, I've been on Cincinnati's bandwagon all year, and um, and you know, it turned out I was right, but I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. But you know. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, Daryl. I mean, I, I think both my kids want the Bengals to win. If you ask Tyler, I want the Bengals, but I think the Rams are going to win. So I probably will find myself cheering for the Bengals with my kids, but I don't know how the Bengals can slow down Aaron Don, uh, Donald um, and Von Miller and their front seven. I just, I, I think Burrow is not going to have at all, anytime. The Rams will be able to scheme. You're not going to be able to do those quick little dink and dunk passes to uh, mix in. Uh, you know, so I, I, I don't think it's the Rams in a blowout, but I think it's the Rams comfortable 21-10, 24-13 kind of game. Hmm. My... I, I'm sort of in agreement overall. My brain, my head tells me the Rams are the better team. My heart wants to root for the team that has the fewer perpetrators of sexual violence and, and violent <laughs> assault, which they're actually both teams are pretty clean in that respect. Joe yeah. Mixon is the one who has Joe the, Mixon from Oklahoma. He had an issue. He likes to punch women basically. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, so my heart wants to root for the Rams, but my gut, tells me that Cincinnati is going to win the game. And as you guys know, my gut is much larger than my heart yeah. or my head. So <laughs> I'm going to go with my gut and say Cincinnati in, in a close one. I just hope it's a close game. I hope it's a game worth, worth watching for three hours. That's you know, I the hope. thing is, though, you were talking about the line tackling Burrow. That game in which he got sacked nine times and still won the game is just phenomenal. Burrow really is. Um, amazing. And it's, right. so, it, does, it does show you how, even though football is a team game, one or two incredible players can really make the difference. Yeah. Cincinnati, it's been a terrible team for the last two years. I think they won six games. Uh, you know, 
So that's the thing that confused me, right? Because when I look at a game that they got, that they had nine sacks against and still won, I don't know which to weigh more. The fact that they had nine sacks against or they won the game despite it. So they might be able to win even if, Burrow even gets if hit all the, the Rams dominate, dominate the front seven. And that's fair. And, and, and look, I don't think it's something special that Joe Burrow and Cincinnati have been able to do. And, and I don't think you can discredit that. And but they have the offense that can win a game in two plays. That's the other do. thing. But I don't know. I mean, I think the Tennessee defense is good. But look, the reason that the Bengals were able to win that game is because Ryan Tannehill was their quarterback. And Derrick Henry wasn't what Derrick Henry was, right, coming off the foot. <laughs> Well, I think they. So, I, I think he, he. I think they didn't have a chance. I think they just fell behind too quickly that they couldn't use him like they needed to. I, right. I don't and know so, if you can necessarily fault it on Derrick Henry so much as you can on the, the Titans was, defense. Hey, you know what's amazing? If I can just throw something out at the end, is we didn't talk about uh, Brian Flores and the um, Rooney Rule at all. And uh, well, we uh, talked about we, it for like forty-five minutes that. last week. Let me yeah. just real quick. I mean. The, Although we, the at least Tennessee, we got Lovey Smith, at least we got Lovey Smith to get hired to the worst job in the NFL. <laughs> going back, the Tennessee Cincinnati game, the final score was nineteen sixteen. I and so you got sacked nine times and put up nineteen points. So here's my question: if the if the Bengals put up nineteen points, is that enough to beat the Rams? Like I think the I Rams think so. score more than sixteen. So you can give up nine sacks to the Rams. You can score your 19 points. The Rams are going to have 24. You know, you could also give up nine sacks and score 32 points. I mean, cause what I'm saying, cause they have that big play offense, right? And any, and every do. snap they can score a touchdown. You're right. You're right. I, I, I think just matchups and, and Cincinnati, this has been a magical special run. Joe Burrow, He's a stud. He's he's good. He's got the swag. He players. He's also kind of a jerk. But he, what has he said that? I mean, he he has the swag. The comment I didn't like the com the comment about the necklace could definitely rub me the wrong way. I don't know if you heard this. He had a fancy piece of bling on at a press conference, and a reporter asked him if it was real, and he said, oh, "I make too much money to wear fake jewelry," and it just seemed a little bit, you know, arrogant. A little bit. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure he does. I hope he does. I hope he turned around and donated that thing to like Oxfam well, or something. But, because... I, but I also respect what he said when he was asked, Hey, what, what's your message to young kids who are, are looking up to you, you know, work in silence. I, I like his message of work hard, you know, set your goals and, and reach for them and don't let anybody stop you. So I like that there. Okay. We have, we, we have the, we have the Joe Burrow hunger relief fund. So, okay. You know, okay. I, I, he, so, he's a guy I can root for Joe Burrow, the matchup specifically in this game. He's I think also, Jaylen, he's also what, 22 years old. You know what an a-hole I was at 22 yeah. years old. Right. Um, hey, is spring training going to start this year? Who cares? Oh, I do. Two minutes. I'm not doing baseball. I love baseball. I love baseball. The matchups are too tough for Cincinnati. I think Jalen Ramsey, he maybe gives up. A, a play or two to Jamar Chase, but I think for the most part, he can kind of eliminate him. I well, do let's... think T Higgins and Tyler Boyd will have to have big game and they, and they can, they're good enough to do it. They're going to have to be huge. Um, 
which is why I have them in all of my DraftKing lineups. Uh, I think they're going to be, be huge for Cincinnati to be in the game. Daryl, I'm, I'm okay jumping on baseball for a brief moment. We've got a minute and change okay, left. So, so um, we'll, we'll know so, on, on my terms. So I know I savage, we talk about baseball here and I talk about how horrible and boring it is. I'm talking about Major League Baseball, not the game, the sport of baseball. Right, if right, you can right. go to a college game or a minor league game or a pony league game or go watch your kid play t-ball, go do, spend your entire spring and summer doing that. But don't waste a minute watching Major League Baseball if it comes back. Go support the, the, the there's vintage baseball. There's there's leagues that play with rules and equipment from like the turn of the century. It's fascinating. It is. It is. Sorry. That's all I got there. <laughs> but so the thing is, it's, I think they're going to be, um, they found out when their previous troubles that if spring training is too short, there's lots of injuries. So they, I think there will be a settlement in baseball that will allow at least half of spring training and that the, season will go on all 162 games even though you guys don't care you know the the thing is is grow, growing up watching the Red Sox I care watching Ted Williams I care Yastrzemski Tony C I saw Tony C I grew up watching Ron Guidry and Reggie Jackson I don't care anymore I, yeah, I don't know. Baseball, they're, they're their own worst enemy. They can't get out of their own way. Abandon the frivolities of youth, Daryl. Uh, well, thanks a lot for listening to um, to Sports Plus, and uh, we'll see you next week. And we'll get Enjoy a report. The Matt, Super Bowl, everybody. Matt's going to see the Globetrotters tonight, so we'll get a report about that next yeah. week. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Take care.